Hey guys, gals, and I'm Binary Pals. I am Saverin, and this is a solo episode of the podcast to show you that we're not dead yet. Fuzz and Shiva have stuff going on in their lives right now and not really feeling it, but I was asked about, hey, when the next episode going to come out, so I'm going to record a little bit for you today, and, well, let me tell you, it's 2021. Democracy is back, baby. Ahoo! Because, you know, the future is bright because of all the fires going on. We've got a guy who paid $150 for a full contact experience with a leopard, had a leopard eating his face party. Uh, AGDQ ran in the 3rd through the 10th, which was lots of fun to watch. It raised $2.7 million for their cancer charity. It's the Prevent Cancer Foundation. They do screening and the like. And there was a lot of good stuff to do that, too. And also, I... Got a new PC, essentially. I've, Parlor is dead. VR chat's really cool. Venezuela stood in solidarity with us post-insurrection. And uh, PogChamp got banned from Twitch. Sort of. So, where to start? Honestly, the first two weeks of 2021 have felt like decades at this point. Somehow, we managed to compress all of 2020 into the first two weeks of 2021. We've had crises. We've had insurrections. We've got attempted coups that got really close to being successful. We have petulant man-children in charge of the government still, and it's just been a hell of a week. I mean, obviously, any podcast you listen to, even even the gaming podcasts that I listen to, were like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on with our government? And that was not surprising at all, but just that's where everything is. Like, you know, people mentioned that short-term memory loss in times of trauma is super common like you just kind of have to blank things out because stuff has gotten really bad in the world and when i sat down to collate my thoughts and pull notes for what i wanted to talk about for this i kind of came to the conclusion that the last couple weeks of just existing are kind of a blur even though there was some cool shit that happened stuff that i was excited to watch and enjoyed seeing but because of the stuff that happened on the 6th and 7th and the intervening horror show that's been revealed since then, it's just all that stuff went boop out the fucking window. Like, my brain is a smooth orb and those memories just slid off. So, we have, as of this recording, five days left of Donald Trump's presidency. At this point, there is nothing going on that he can do. It's just whining. Our capital is occupied by 10,000 National Guard troops who are told they will shoot to kill if any some bullshit like on the 6th tries to happen again. We have factions of those same people threatening to come back. Our security state was shown to be security theater, so that's really exciting. Like, anything I say on this recording is going to be probably slightly wrong by the time you hear it because stuff is just coming out constantly. Like, the list of people arrested and being charged with their initial misdemeanors is growing by the day. We have people like Baked Alaska, Paul Giannette, who's a right-winger streamer who apparently had already gotten in trouble in Arizona. He got into a fight at a bar and punched a bouncer and was told not to leave the state. Instead, he decided to travel to the Capitol, engage in the insurrection, live stream himself doing this and then got scooped up by the fbi so as far as anybody knows right now he is in the hands of the fbi being a snitch because he hasn't caught any fed charges but because he was in dc and in the hands of the feds he couldn't get to a hearing in arizona so he's now a fugitive in arizona so no matter what happens on the fed side he's still going to catch some state prison time because he's a fugitive so that's really fun it's just surprising how little 
thought that these insurrectionists, these terrorists, put into their game. They filmed themselves gleefully doing this. They shouted their names. They took their photos and posted their selfies doing crimes. And these lumpen proletariat dipshits have turned their hoped-for mass arrest event into their mass arrest event. Like, you had that Q Shaman guy who's now facing charges who broke in wearing his stupid appropriative bullshit headdress and tats and all that nonsense. He's just some white dude from Arizona who styles himself as a shaman, but now he's facing serious federal charges because he left a threatening note. He threatened Mike Pence, which, you know, whatever, but that is a federal crime. You're threatening the life of the vice president while breaking into a federal building you're super not allowed to be in during a insurrection where somebody died. So congratulations, you now are going to catch so many myriad charges, and this is only going to ramp up after the 20th and Biden's sworn in and Trump can't pardon anybody. I feel it's hard to overstate just how close we came to just an absolute clusterfuck and Trump remaining in power because there were motherfuckers that were coming to D.C. to kill everybody below Trump. They were wanting to kill Mike Pence. They were wanting to kill anybody they can get their hands on in the Senate or the House. These people were out for blood. Some of them were. And then there was a whole bunch of dipshits who had been radicalized by QAnon over this time. They're told so often, oh, it's a this is a movie. Enjoy this show. Like, they expected to break into the Capitol on a fucking cutscene to start, right? We got lucky this time, and... We have a brief reprieve where hopefully the Democrats can radically begin to improve people's material situations so that we can de-radicalize some of these people who are kind of on the fringes. There's going to be right-wing terrorists now. Like, the Republican Party has just thrown in their lot with, well, democracy doesn't work for us anymore. We're going to just be fascists. And that's going to be a problem for the FBI to tackle. And they're already on it, but there's going to be some really deep dives that need to be done and a lot of arrests. It's going to result in probably some new terrorism, anti-terrorism laws that will inevitably get turned back on the left. Like, this is not a good situation for anybody. Like, the right-wingers are going to get it in the pants, but it will be turned back on anybody on the left, anybody protesting in the future. So don't be too surprised when that happens. The other thing, too, is that as I record this, we are in the last five days of Donald Trump being in power. And when you have a cadre of believers who have a time-limited prophecy that Donald Trump is going to do X, Y, and Z in the time of his presidency, well, he's only got five days, and so... The stakes on the right-wing side of the internet are only getting higher and higher and higher as the time ticks down. If you're completely ignorant of QAnon, consider yourself lucky, but these people believed that, like, mass arrests were coming any day now since, like, 2017-2018, when this all got started on the backwaters of 4chan. And time's running out. There is no time left. The storm is not going to be upon us. The storm was completely made up by some dude posting on 4chan as a LARP who got taken in and people just turned the grift into a bigger and bigger thing. And so like now uh, there was a post on Reddit out of the loop. Someone's like, what's going on with conservative parents warning their children of quote, something big coming soon. And this was a correct answer that really put everything succinctly. This is a post by user Super Janna. 
Since the major social networks started banning all the conspiracy propagators and parlor shut down, the QAnon stuff is spreading via text, which, like a game of Password, lose more context every time they're forwarded. This one is based on the idea that instead of an inauguration on January 20th, Trump will declare global martial law and shut down the internet and radio and TV broadcasts and use the emergency alert system and satellites to broadcast every phone and TV announcing the celebrities and Democratic politician that they've arrested, and will broadcast live tribunals and mass executions for treason or child trafficking or stealing the election pick your poison. Not sure if they expect power to be shut off or just mass lockdowns, but a lot of the techs encourage people to stock up on food and supplies so they expect the whole country to shut down. This concept has actually been floating around for a while, but now it's getting closer to Trump's presidency actually ending. The ways they expect him to get out of it get crazier and crazier, so this one is picking up steam. There's also bits about not updating your iPhone because Apple is in on the conspiracy that will prevent you from getting the presidential alerts. So, like I said, the time is running out for these people, and they're only going to be crazier as the time ticks down. When nothing happens on the 20th, it's going to be something like, oh, well, that's because Lady Gaga casts a deep state witch spell to protect the demonic Democrats in power because reasons, and therefore we have to fight the government. I don't know, man. It was interesting to see when this was still percolating and seeing the nonsense, but ever since the election and these people have gotten more and more brazen and bizarre in their act actions, and then culminating on the 6th and all the nonsense thereafter, it's not really funny anymore, you know? These people are deeply sick and are going to need some serious deprogramming because, like, these people have gone all in. Like, if you want to have a bad time, go read QAnon Casualties, which talks about people whose family lives or parents have just gone off the deep end and they had to cut ties because they're like, oh, you can't do this or you can't get the COVID vaccine because it will make you immune to God and let the deep state and bill gates track you via the microchips these are all deeply unwell people and not to be all armchair psychiatrists but these are people who have seen their life and quality of life not improve under their chosen regime and so they have to chalk it up to some outside force, some deep state, when in fact the people in power just don't give a shit about you. And just because they're hurting other people that you don't like, they're still hurting you. So this, all this nonsense is literally the culmination, a culmination of all this nonsense. And unfortunately for us, it's not going to get better. And I'm sure that this first 12 minutes or so of podcast is very uplifting. But unfortunately, there's not a lot about this particular topic that is uplifting. Now, Biden did put forth a bill proposal that he's going to get through. And I say going to because the Democrats are literally going to have all three branches of the government, so there's no fucking excuse. The initial draft contains for individuals $1,400 stimulus checks, which is not 2000 which is what you promised, you old fuck. Child tax credit to 3000 a child, 36 for children under 6 federal minimum $15 wage and ending the tipped minimum wage, which would probably work out really well for most people working in tipped wage jobs, and a federal minimum wage increase of $7 an hour would be very significant and not actually increase prices that much, and would increase people's confidence in existing. Because honestly, you work 40-hour weeks in minimum wage, you're getting like 12 grand a year, and that's not a lot. 
So that's a big deal. That's a big step. You know, I want to see him get it done. Uh, unemployment insurance increased 400 a week, up from three. Stop COVID-related evictions. 25 billion for childcare center. Provide expanded 14 weeks of paid sick family medical leave to stop COVID-19. 160 billion for national vaccination program. 50 billion to expand testing. Up to 100,000 public health job corps for contact tracing, vaccine education. 170 billion for schools. 35 billion for public colleges, including community colleges. And for small businesses, $15 billion for small businesses, $35 billion for additional small business lending, $20 billion for hardest-hit public transit, $20 billion for hardest-hit tribal governments, which honestly, they need to give the tribal governments a fuckload of money because they have been left out to dry worse than anybody else in this situation, and $9 billion for investment in new IT and cybersecurity systems, which we definitely fucking need after the uh, big Russian hack that we went under and probably still are undergoing. So they need to come out the gate swinging. Like, the Democrats really need to come out the gate swinging and improve people's situations radically if they want to retain power in 2022. If they want to actually get some shit done as opposed to, well, the Democrats didn't make anything better, so let's elect a smart fascist this time from the Republicans, you know? So that is a glimmer of hope. That is something that could happen, but there's really no excuse at this point for the Democrats to not do the shit the people want. Like, they said during the VP debates, I believe it was Kamala Harris, it was like, we're gonna decriminalize marijuana on the federal level. Well, bitch, you'd better do it, because you guys have full control of both the Senate and the House, and the president is also capable of making changes to drug scheduling, so there literally is no excuse for you to do this. You've said it, do it. We have been handed an opportunity on a silver fucking platter to fix this shit and try to dial it back and stabilize this country as rotten as nasty as it is for the next little bit. And they really can't fuck it up. That's just the bottom line. Like, I think for now, the closest goal is let's make it to the 20th. Let's get Biden inaugurated. Let's clear out the rats from the government that are left. And also day fucking one, get this bill passed and signed and get me that money, get you that money and start unfucking things as fast as they can. Because, you know, this whole thing is like, oh, you know, set up a hundred thousand person public health job corps for contact tracing and vaccine education. Well, shit, get me the vaccine. I'll join up. I'll, I would, that would actually honestly for me be a, something I'd be proud to do, you know, go join a federal job corps get the vaccine, get people vaccinated, and try to get this country back on its fucking feet, and that'd be kind of a cool adventure. Do it. Get it done. Give those people that opportunity. I would like to have a little bit of time to step out of this bunker mentality I've been mentally stuck in since, you know, the election, and I'm sure I'm far, far, far from the only person still kind of doing that, feeling like I'm stuck living in survival mode when, personally, I'm not under threat. But, I feel like the country is, you know? So let's hopefully be able to move past that a little bit here in the near term. Because yeah, there are still good things going on in the world. There are still cool things happening. Um, I mentioned AGDQ, uh, Awesome Games Done Quick. It's a speedrunning thing that is done every year, twice a year. There's in January and in summer, there's AGDQ and SGDQ. And I talk about it every time it happens because I always really enjoy watching it. And they raise, like I said, $2.7 million for a cancer screening charity. They go and get people screened for cancer, do early detection. It's cool. And it's also nice because on CharityNavigator.org, the Prevents Cancer Foundation has a 
3 out of 4 stars or a 87.59 out of 100 in their rankings because their financials is a little bit of more money than they would prefer goes to paying for stuff, but their accountability and transparency is 100%. So it's not one of those things where, oh, we're running a charity and then it turns out that like 95% of it goes to paying administrators or something like that. So, I mean, it's a good charity. It raises a lot of money every year and it's very entertaining. They've been able to adapt to COVID pretty well and I admire the work that goes into it because holy shit, it has to be a lot. Moving, this is now, we're done the politics. We're going to talk about video games a little bit because this is what I like and something to break the doom and gloom and hopefully give you something to go and watch in your free time. But there were some really well-done runs this year. There always are, but there's some really good standouts. There was a Spyro 3 run, which is really quick. There was a really impressive Sonic block with some really good commentary. The Taskbot block, where they basically program speedruns, and they're really impressive. It was uh, Freedom Planet, which is a good Sonic alike I played a few years ago. Super Mario 35, they did a race with that. There was the CDI Zelda game Wand of Gamelon, which got run, which was all cutscenes, which basically was all these horrible, horrible animated, like, the company outsourced them to Russian farms that paid their people in potatoes to animate. It was pretty fun to watch. There was a dude that did a 16-star run of Super Mario 64 while blindfolded, which was extremely impressive. Um, and there was even a really good Metroid Prime 100% run that was done in, like, an hour 15 or something ridiculous like that. Like, for me, I couldn't get 100% when I first played that game after, like, 20 hours, and this guy just zipped through it. So that was really exciting. I'm gonna put a link in the show notes where you can go and find the VOD thread and go and watch those guys, because, again, they're really entertaining. If they're not on Twitch, they're gonna be on YouTube, because people put a lot of work in this, and even if it's silly, playing games really fast and breaking them in unique ways, it does show, hey, there's a mastery of a thing that people can do in their free time, and it's a good distraction from the horrors of the internet. As for me, uh, I was able to finally get my hands on both a AMD Ryzen 5 5600X and a AMD 6800 XT video card, so I'm now running a essentially a brand new PC. The only things from brought over from my old PC are the RAM and the hard drives, because I built my previous PC back in like 2016, and so obviously I needed a new motherboard with a new processor. Well, guess I'm gonna need a new case because if I want the new video card, the new video card's fucking huge. So I basically had to replace my whole fucking rig. And I'm also really feeling lucky because I got my hands on my video card before the Trump tariff protections on certain electronics fell off because the video card that I got went up $170 overnight once that happened and I managed to purchase it like three days before that. Like the new 3090s, the top tier water block ones are literally $2,000 right now and that's absolutely ridiculous. There's no reason to purchase a video card right now if you can get your hands on like an Xbox or a PlayStation 5. It's really weird to say that like PC gaming is now just completely out of the grip of the casual person. Like, even my 1080, the previous video card, is still selling for over MSRP, and it's a four-year-old card. So, unfortunately, PC gaming for the masses is now out of people's hands until Biden can draw back some of these tariffs that the dumbass Trump administration tried to do in their little China trade war. Which, unfortunately, you can just automatically add tariffs, but you can't automatically turn them off. You have to draw them down. And so, that's not fun for anybody that got in late but at least PlayStation 5s are still, in theory, $500 if you could find one on a shelf somewhere. 
which you can't. But if you somehow can, you're going to be ahead of the game because PC gaming is just kind of screwed for a while. It is nice that I got my hands on it early before the tariffs hit. You know, I can do things like go into VR chat and get a smooth frame rate. I went to some really cool places. There's some nice like rooftop hangouts. Uh, I went looking for some cyberpunk worlds that are nice and aesthetic. There is a really nice vapor wavy mall place called Palm Plaza Mall, which is actually a link of like five or six distinct areas that are all in like a decaying mall. And they all have various themes, but it's like the neon and the pastels and the 90s Taco Bell color scheme type stuff. It's really nice to hang out in if you have people to hang out with. So just put it out there. You can find me on VRChat as just Saverin. Um, currently rocking a purple kobold avatar because yay purple and yay kobolds because I haven't found a suitable other avatar amongst the free ones. Like I might just have to commission somebody that does VR avatars for that purpose. Other than that, Cyberpunk at 60 frames a second, super nice. Control at 120 frames a second is really nice. Other games, like for some reason, Binding of Isaac is locked at 60. I'm not getting a million FPS with that game, but having a FPS floor of 200 in games like Risk of Rain 2, which get just really wild and busy with projectiles and stuff flying across the screen is really nice. So maybe in a few years when all this shit has calmed down, you'll be able to play video games really, really fast too, because right now I wouldn't drop the money on one. And now as a parting shot before I wrap this up, a man had himself a leopards eating my face party. A man mauled by leopard behind Davy home, animal's owner charged. A man who paid $150 for a full contact experience with a black leopard says he had to undergo multiple surgeries after he was mauled by the fully grown animal in an enclosure behind a Davy home. A picture obtained by Local 10 News shows Dwight Turner's heavily bandaged head and ear after the savage attack, which detectives from the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission say happened behind a home in Ernest Boulevard on August 31st. The man who lives there, identified as Michael Poggy, has a Facebook page saying he runs an animal sanctuary for rare and endangered animals. Authorities says Poggy was charged with allowing full contact with an extremely dangerous animal and was cited for maintaining captive wildlife in an unsafe condition. Investors say Poggy charged the 50-year-old Turner $150 for a, quote, full contact experience with his black leopard to, quote, play with it, rub its belly, and take pictures. FWC's report says once Turner walked inside the enclosure, the leopard attacked. The injuries were so severe, the report says the victim's scalp was hanging from his head and his right ear was torn in half. Attempts to speak to Poggy at his home have been unsuccessful. Authorities say he is licensed to have the leopard. They say Poggy admitted to them, though, that what he did was illegal. Turner's attorney says that the entire experience was illegal, so any waiver his client may have signed before the experience would be void. The attorney says Turner spent a week in the emergency room from his injuries. You know the jokes, like, I never thought the leopards would eat my face, for says the people who voted for the leopards eating people's faces party. In this case, the guy paid $150 for the privilege of getting mauled and then spending a week in the hospital. So, rip to that guy. Not literally, but pretty figuratively, and rip to his wallet, because woo, healthcare in America. So, pro tip, don't pay skeevy dudes especially dudes in Florida, $150 or any amount of money for quote-unquote full contact experience with wild animals. It rarely goes well. And even if it does go well, you're still in real danger. Like, you can't go out to care and say, hey, I want to pet the tigers and expect them to just let you do that, because you might come out of the enclosure short a few limbs. So... I think that's enough for now. This is 25 minutes on the raw. I will 
do a little bit of editing and get this out to people to show that we are not in fact dead. There will be a new Telegram join link in the show notes. There will be a link to the VODs for awesome games done quick. There will be a link to this story on WPLG Local 10 News if you would like to share that. As it stands... Uh, social media-wise, I'm the only person still kind of doing social media. Fuzz is kind of taking a break. Shiva's long off it. And we're really bad about using the podcast Twitter, too. So, you know, bear with us in these trying times. We do have our Patreon, which has taken a hit over the course of the break because, well, money's tight. But patreon.com slash southpawscast. Hopefully someday soon we'll be able to record some actual bonus content for it, but any little bit helps if you have some money to spare. Other than that, just follow me on Twitter. There's pictures of Adam that are really cute. In the meantime, hang in there, guys. We're gonna make it through, I hope. We only have five days left Trump, and then it's all into the rest of 2021, where who knows what'll happen. Hopefully, we'll be able to get together and record some real episodes soon. Bye.